Today, my guest is Lynn Whitbeck on episode 95, part two of Practical Wisdom at Work. Me and Lynn had so much fun in part one that I had to bring her back on the show a second time to finish our conversation. So if you haven't heard episode 94, I suggest you hit pause, go back, listen to that episode, and then jump back into this episode, episode 95. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, my name is Kirby Ingalls, and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life, a life of happiness and meaning, and becoming a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Kirby Ingalls, and I'm here with Lynn Whitbeck. And uh, we are back here for part two. And Lynn, just to kind of, you know, bring you back up to speed, is she shares how she has cultivated her corporate experience on leadership, grit, and the gumption, the power skills, and the just up-leveling her ability to increase sales performance on teams and just owning your own moxie. Again, Lynn, just welcome back to the show. Uh, I asked you to come back, you know, for part two, because we were just having a great conversation. It was just fun. It was energetic, you know, and we had a lot of value. And uh, I just think there's a lot more there. And I hadn't asked all my questions. Oh, Kirby, I'm thrilled to be back. And I'm actually excited to have you on our show. So um, I think we'll be able to, you know, have part three conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I would love to do that. And thank you for the invite. I really do appreciate it. You know, the last thing that we really kind of really hit on was women empowerment, confidence, and some of those other things. And I think, I think there's a lot more there, right? And so you talk about you know, there's, there's really some important skills that folks need to learn in their career um, in order to be able to kind of, kind of do that. So maybe, maybe you can touch on some of those three important skills that you thought were very viable to you as you, you know, went through your career, but also landed where you're at today, you know, in your business and what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think the first thing is that for women um, specifically, but anyone who needs to really step into the a bigger role of confidence, um, whatever that situation is, whether it's um, in meetings or uh, uh, speaking up in meetings, you know, making a presentation to a, a group or even speaking at a public event, um, so those are some obvious things. There's also confidence in how you're handling a project and um, working with your team, you know, uh, delegating, um, you know, uh, being the boss. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. But, you know, the key things is that we learn by doing. And, and sometimes as adults, we've lost, we've lost that connection of how we learn to walk, even as parents, you know, we watch our own children, uh, how to ride a bike and how many times you fell down and skinned your knees, but you just kept getting back up because that resilience as a child and that, and you're really focused on that big thing, you know? So if it's a bike that you're going to get to ride that bike and go, you know, and go see your friends, you know, a street away and go to the park. And there's so many things that, that the power it gives you, that freedom. And so the same thing comes with that confidence and building it. Um, you know, you cannot fake it until you make it. It's just, it, it's gonna make you feel hollow and cheap and icky inside. Uh, instead, this is a skill that like anything else you can acquire, just like riding a bike, just like, you know, going through the classes, doing whatever you're doing right now. Um, so, Think of it that way. First of all, it is a skill that you can acquire. So start with an affirmation. I can gain, I can learn to be more confident. This is a skill I can acquire. Mm -hmm. 
and say that out loud to yourself every morning when you get up, okay? Because it's going to set your whole day. This is a skill that you can learn. And then there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. And just like riding the bike, you know, you had to go from a tricycle to the training wheels to the bike. It's not going to happen overnight. And so one of the things when I was in sales, you know, I was great working and talking one-on-one, -on -one, you know, to people like you, Kirby, and just, yeah, you know, but <laughs> as I started having to, you know, you get into bigger and bigger sales and corporate sales, I was having to present to a larger group. And that, that was a little, I was a little nervous the first few times. Ironically, at the same time, there was this connection in my life um, that I was on a committee to get a park built in our community. And I took the chair position on that. And I had to make presentations to the city council. And then there'd be other people there. And it was a non-threatening way because it wasn't work. It wasn't, I wasn't going to lose a sale over this. Obviously, we needed to get the park through, right? But it, I was able to learn by doing. And I saw that connection that all of a sudden I was doing so much better presenting to larger groups and I wasn't as nervous and it just started, you know, and of course, you know, you follow your four B's, you want to be prepared, you know, you want to be passionate, you want to be brief and you want to be gone, you know, right. And so it's the same sort of principles, but mm -hmm. you learn by doing. And then also with that, when I would sort of stumble and things wouldn't quite work out, I had given myself the permission that it was a learning experience. It wasn't a failure. So everything didn't work out just great. And there's definitely cringeworthy things we all have to go through in life. But what you do is you take that and all the things that were good out of it, that you learned out of it. Um, and, and then you can leverage that next time. Okay, so next time, this is how I'm gonna overcome this. This is how I'm gonna make that a little better. And so then you get into situations that, you know, and I had this happen, a big conference, you know, national conference. And I had someone come up to me and say, we're running ahead of time and we need somebody to fill 15 minutes and it's you, you got to be up there in five minutes. So instant, like deer in the headlights, like what the, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, then all this experience that I had could, could pull from. And I said, and I went up there and I sort of, sort of thought, okay, well, what am I going to say for five minutes? So after the first minute, I had four minutes to, on a napkin to sort of like, okay, what am I going to say? Yeah. And then I started with saying, I just got told five minutes ago that I was going to talk to all of you. And I said, I am so not ready for this. <laughs> and everyone in the audience can sort of lean in and they can say, oh my gosh, if that had just happened to me, I'd be like freaking out. Yeah, you know, so we could all share a laugh. And then I just said, you know, this is what we sort of talked about today. And I wanted to recap some of the real highlights, you mm -hmm. know, and I and I was able to do 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, and I reminded them of some of the great things that we had heard that day during the sessions. Um, but the point was, is that I sort of started with that humility. And yeah. by sharing with the audience um, that, you know, I had, wow, I would just throw, was thrown this curveball. Yeah. And I was, but I had, but I, I caught it. It was in my mitt. And by gosh, I was running with it, baby. I was going to get to that base. <laughs> yeah. So those are things that when you think about it, you know, you got to, you've got to give it a try. You know, remember that if you let fear of failure hold you back, mm -hmm. you'd never have a chance to win the game. Okay. Never. So you've got to accept that, you know, I'm going to make some mistakes, but they're learning. These are experiences that I can leverage and every, and I can learn from that. And maybe if you are like trying to learn how to present to a group or speak up in meetings, do something that is non-threatening, join a reading club, you know, even a virtual reading club, join Toastmasters. There's all kinds of things that you can do where it's outside of the work environment, but you're going to learn this skill and you're, it's going to feel a little safer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can expand that and then start experimenting. Like, oh, I'd like to make a presentation in our next team meeting about the project I'm working on. Right. And do it, you know, cause you learn by doing, give yourself permission to fail, um, accept that you're not perfect, you know, let go of the perfectionism. Mm -hmm. 
and and then bring your audience in even if it's that first time just say you know i'm really nervous this is the first time i've talked before the group to to tell about my project yeah. it's gonna you know everybody's gonna go oh well yeah you know we get it you know we're, we're cheering for you and you're gonna feel that love you know coming back at you so those are some things that you can do uh, whether woman or man to stand in your own power you know really take that on and, and really give your yourself that gift of empowerment yeah you know that's that's it's just really interesting you know you spoke a lot about confidence and it seems like i i you know and even in my coaching practice, I spend a lot of time talking about that, you know, confidence. Okay. If there, you know, if that's one of those skills, um, what would the other two skills be? If you could list two other skills that <laughs> people need to develop to have really the, the, the career that they truly want, what would those other two skills be besides confidence? Resilience okay. and agility. Wow. So resilience is the ability to bounce back. So that's, that's when you say, okay, things didn't quite work out mm -hmm. um, or, uh, and, and this it happens in work and in life. And I, I may have mentioned that before, but like in my personal life, you know, my husband was diagnosed mm -hmm. with terminal cancer. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that was, you know, pretty horrible, you know, and uh, I throw myself a two week pity party, but then I went, okay, well, this is the hand that was dealt mm -hmm. and I have a choice. You know, that's the great thing about resilience is you have the power to choose no matter how dark the tunnel and I chose instead to pursue making the most out of that time and creating precious memories. And of course, doing things like I became my husband's health advocate, yada, 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 you know, so, but I chose that path mm -hmm. and it made everything so much better. And we did, we had some incredible memories from that time. So um, that's the thing you got to remember. So that resilience, you have the power to choose and you always have a choice. Sometimes you don't recognize it at a time and maybe a decision didn't go the way you thought it would. You do have the, ch the chance to say, okay, I can choose a new path now. This is what I learned out of this. I have new facts, I have new figures and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in this direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this stream and then I'll reconnect to the river later down on the road. So, um, you know, all of those things and then agility, sorry, as I scratch my nose guys, I <laughs> <laughs> like a rabbit, uh, yeah. agility is so important because you have to do that same thing. You have to be able to pivot with new information. You have to be able to flex your style to work with different people. You know, they have, they come at it from a different perspective, like a problem. You know, maybe it's because they're in a different uh, department or their own role and the things that they need to get done. You know, you know, they have a completely different perspective on how to tackle something. Right. Um, and just because someone has a different opinion, it does not mean they're wrong. You know, so you need to explore like what's going on there. I mean, a classic example is you've got IT, you got your CFO and you got operations and they're trying to accomplish something. They all have three totally different big things that they're trying to accomplish, <laughs> but you got to bring them together so that they can understand where everyone's coming from and what we're really trying to do and then how we're going to do it together. Right. And so that's the same thing that agility um, and you call it facilitation, right. Of really working um, through those things so that with that, you know, just open arms, you know, think about your body language, even with agility, when you are facing a problem or someone that you're working with, that maybe you guys think that two different ways of how to tackle something, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're sitting up straight or standing up straight and that you, you've got your arms open because you want to hear their ideas. Cause you may be surprised mm. and learn something very important. You've been listening to the True Success Podcast. To get your freebies, head on over to our website, www.kirbyingles.com, and subscribe to our mailing list now.
Yeah, you know, you, you've said several things there um, that I wrote down that I think are viable takeaways from just your conversation already. Um, and that way, you know, in order to build confidence, we have to learn to uh, crawl, walk, and then run. And so <laughs> you, you got to put yourself out there, right? You got to continuously push those boundaries and step out into the unknown. Um, and so that that's one of the things. And then you talked about uh, fear of failure. And so that that you know you can't let fear of failure stop you you know from from pursuing the things that you desire and you want and then again you know disagreement right so there's a lot of disagreement in the world but that doesn't mean disrespect and so we yeah. have to absorb that learn from the different ideas the different perspectives i mean i can think of um you know different teams that i've worked with in different um, corporate companies and and so there's always these different ideas and not everybody agrees and they think that, that that's the end of it you know but it's not it's collaboration it's adding value it's everybody having a voice at the table and that collaboration can create diversity which creates new ideas which can you know that inclusion leads to innovation and then you know next thing you know you're off and running yeah yeah everybody yeah, on the much. team thought the same way eventually you're going to hit a wall and oh, yeah. there's no more creativity. There's no more innovation. There's it's you, you're only going to go so far. Yeah. Now so. you've got blinders on. I mean, it's almost like you're in a tunnel um, when you don't bring in that diversity of thought. And that's really, that's a risky situation because the world's constantly changing and you need these different inputs uh, so that you can be on top of your game. For sure. You know, we talked a little bit about confidence and uh, I actually recently just got off the call uh, with a, a young woman um, before we, we got on here and lots of confidence issues, challenges. And she knows that she's a good engineer uh, in a tech company and she knows that she knows her job, but it's the way she communicates. That's her confidence issue. And, I, and I, I've noticed that over time, you know, working with different women in the corporate world um and not to stereotype anybody it's just one of those challenges you know it's a self-limiting belief at times for some people and just the different cultures but uh you know uh, and that's her biggest challenge you know and she gets saying a lot of anxiety and she looks at other people like they know their job better than me but then at the same time she's like well i know my job pretty good but they communicate it better and so there's that 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 confidence and so i think a lot of times that imposter syndrome kind of starts to creep in you know like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm too young, you know, um, you know, I'm not from this country, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things that sometimes start to, to, to populate and that's that, 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 that self-limiting belief, but also that that's, you know, that imposter syndrome, you know, how, how do you, how do you help someone overcome, uh, that imposter syndrome and realize their full potential? Yeah, because so. a lot of people have a great amount of potential. It's just that there's something stopping them from reaching out and grabbing that. Yeah, no, I mean, imposter syndrome is just is, you know, far more than just, you know, lack of confidence or self doubt. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where you've really let the negative Nelly or negative Ned, you know, take over and all of us have natural naturally reoccurring negative thoughts. We have more negative thoughts than we have positive ones. Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, we're an animal, we're a species. And the only way we could survive was thinking, I think that bear is gonna lunge for my throat. You know, that plant could be poisonous, you know, all these negative thoughts. Uh, so, um, you know, if you really think about it, that's why we have so many negative thoughts, but we can train ourselves out of that. And it is a journey. Because the first thing you have to do is you have to get to the point where you feel that you deserve a seat mm -hmm. at the table. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is a lot of introspection and hard work because you need to identify those thought distortions. Um, you need to identify the things that you think are things that you lack or that you don't do well, uh, but then sort of turn it around. Well, how, you know, is that really true? right? And you have to challenge yourself and challenge your beliefs. And just like learning to walk and to run, it takes a while. It's not mm -hmm. going to happen overnight. And so this is a journey that you're going to have to make a commitment to. And it's like, what's that big goal that you're after? You know, and that big goal could be that you want to be more confident and self-assured and you want to get a promotion. You want to move into a leadership role. Mm -hmm. 
whatever that big goal is. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be something that really speaks to you. Okay. Um, you know, if it's the big goal is, uh, I mean, a classic, and this is sort of totally off topic, but a big goal, like, you know, like people constantly mm -hmm. go, oh, I'd like to lose weight. And it's like, well, just losing weight, but what's the big goal. And so, um, I know that I've, been on this journey for the last couple months. But my really big goal was at 83, I want to be up and doing everything for myself. I want to be mm. gardening. And it all happened because my mother, who's 83, fell out of bed. She didn't hurt herself or anything, but she didn't have the strength to get back up. Mm. And that was sort of for me, that was like, okay, I don't want to be like that, you know? And this is yeah. my big goal is it's so much more than just, you know, looking better or being healthier. I mean, this is like a big goal for a long term so that I can mm -hmm. be doing all the things, you know, power walking and gardening and, and going to Sequoia National Park or the Redwoods yeah. or wherever it is. I can do all those things um, uh, when I'm 83 or when I'm 93. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to really focus in on what's that big goal. So if you're tackling imposter syndrome, it's, if it's really, if it's just a, a weak goal or shallow, it's, it's not going to stick. It's got to be something that just is just part of who you are, of what you yearn for. And then you can really latch onto it. And then you can start doing the hard work that it's going to take every day um, to get there. And, you know, and if you take a step back, don't beat yourself up. It's like, okay, sometimes you have to step back to step forward again and again. And so, um, and there's a lot of great tools, um, but definitely identifying those thought distortions, spending that time, that introspection that's going to be needed, um, having conversations with people that you trust, um, that are, are, you know, you're close with or who are, um, mentors that or coaches who will walk you through like what are you good at and then actually hear them and write it down i'm good at these things <laughs> you know i can own this and so it is it's not going to happen overnight i mean you know nothing does and that's the other thing is you just got to let go of that that you know you know bewitched i'm going to twitch my nose and this is all going to be better yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's sometimes we have to let go of the expectation of ourselves and uh, you know, if I'm hearing you right, uh, you know, the, the big idea here is, is focus on the big goal or the big why, why am I doing this? Yeah. And, you know, if, if we were to use your example, you know, losing weight is just the metric to get there. Yeah. And so, I mean, you still have to focus on the outcome. I mean, obviously you're going to measure certain outcomes and certain, you know, benchmarks certain ways, but really, you're you're it's not it's not the metric that you're focused on it's the why or it's yeah it's my big goal, goal. yeah yeah and yeah, it's, it's getting to that goal. place you know yeah. to where i i would say you feel empowered you know you're you're living your best life really yeah yeah no i mean really excited and then you find whether it's imposter syndrome or you know becoming more confident or learning some other new skill mm -hmm. or for me losing weight you find the types of tools that you need um that can help you get to that big goal you know, and whatever they are. So, um, and with imposter syndrome, there's a lot of different things. We actually have a course on imposter syndrome, overcoming imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of, we have like a 10 step or it's the inspire method, yeah. you know, to help you. Um, and you, you know, you start doing those things and you, you know, and you create new habits and uh, the awareness um, awareness is the first part of the battle, right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. really identifying what is your, your big goal and, and why it's important to you. I mean, it's really comes down to your why and the, so you can, I mean, that gets back to sales, right? Yeah. Because ultimately if you aren't answering your customer, why, so they can, so they can what, right? Because that's what they're really buying. They're buying the, so they can. And it's the same thing when you're making personal changes, or you want to create new habits, or you want to learn new skills. Um, it's like, what's your why? So you can, so you can what? You know, for me, it's so I can be like, like a mountain goat when I'm 83. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you're jumping in a lot of what I said in the beginning of the show about finding your moxie, you know, you're, yeah. you're finding that, that perspective. 
And I, I think that that's extremely powerful. Please, you know, I, I know you mentioned the, the course on imposter syndrome. And I think, you know, also um, what I find very interesting is, is the, the most value that I've ever helped anybody, um, especially in the coaching world, is, is self-awareness, you know, yeah. self-awareness of your personality, self-awareness of your values, self-awareness of the mission that you're on in life. You know, a lot of people just, they just don't understand, you know, what they're doing at the, they don't have the level of self-awareness and it, it, and it's, it's more than just going out and saying, you know, it's a beautiful day out, you know, the flowers are beautiful, you know, but it's like, how am I interacting? How am I showing up? You know, um, how does my personality come across to this person? You know, and, and then there's a lot of things to it. And it's not as difficult as most people think. You know, it just takes a little bit of practice, maybe some little reflection and some things like that. But I think, you know, what you're saying is pretty powerful. But how do. How do people, you know, you, you talked about that course and that's, that's what I really want to, you know, kind of hit on right now is, is how do people get in contact with you and, 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 you know, basically become a part of that course of overcoming oh, yeah. that self or that imposter syndrome. <laughs> so if you do, if you have that, uh, I mean, the course is less than $60. So oh. it's on our website, petitequeen.com and and just find it right in the navigation menu. Uh, we've also got some articles on it as well. So you can do it the do yourself route first. Um, but it's the type of thing that it's, um, I, I just want everyone to remember, you got to take that first step, yeah. you know, and, and, and recognize it can be a really small baby step, mm -hmm. you know, and then the next step and then the next step. And sometimes when you pay for something, um, it, it actually helps you, uh, to, to actually because then you it's a little bit more of a commitment you've got some yeah. skin in the game and yeah. you want to make this work and uh so like for me with my whole weight loss journey i i signed up for noom and so i'm paying mm. for noom and uh you know and it has you know like some of my little kpis you know you know i log yeah. my meals a little of this but it's been a lot of fun too i mean it's just i've really enjoyed it and it's something i've chose to do for myself and um, so I added it in my morning. I still do my Pokemon Go, you know, uh, and then I do Noom, you know, so I do yeah. my two things with my coffee and I sort of frame my day and it's, um, you know, sort of like my me time. And because if, if you don't give yourself some me time every day, um, you're no good to anyone. And uh, and then, you know, I carry on. And uh, actually, it's it's just been great. So I want everyone to think about that, you know. You've got to find that, that, that me time in that first step mm -hmm. and, and go ahead, get a little uncomfortable, pull the rubber band a little bit and snap yourself. Just not real hard. Okay. <laughs> get just a wake up and take that first step. I think it's pretty cool that you mentioned Pokemon go because my wife does that <laughs> as well. So, uh, you know, just a little bit of a uh, self-disclosure, uh, especially with me and my wife. For some reason, I spend a lot of time talking about my spouse because I'm in observation <laughs> mode a lot. But uh, you know, she 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 broke her leg and um, foot oh. actually broke her foot in three places months ago, and she had surgery and they had to put three pins and three plates oh. in her foot. And I I've spoken about that on the show before. And uh, one of the things she does is she plays Pokemon Go because she has to get out and walk, and so that's rehab. You know, that's yeah. her me time. You know, so she's out with the kids, walking. You know. You know, and it's it's really good stuff for her, um, and it gives her a reason to get out there. You know, the kids love Pokemon Go, so you know it gets everybody going. You know, and, and we used to do this. You know, and when we lived in another place previously, we'd go out and I'd be walking with them. I'm like Pokemon Go. I was like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but it gives them purpose. It gives them reason to get out. It, it drives, you know, that goal, that why. You know, it's it and it, it just becomes that vehicle to get yeah. you from here to there and i say a lot that that a lot about coaching is it gets you from here to there uh, i think the other important thing you also mentioned here um was you have to invest in yourself yep. and sometimes that's spending the time the energy and the money to invest back into yourself to become really yeah. the best version of you and to get where you really want to go because if you yeah. don't i mean 
you, you know, you can't rely on anybody else to do it for you. You know, you yeah. have to make the personal investment. And sometimes the best way for us to do that is to invest, you know, and I'm a part of a lot of different things. And I was like, you know what, uh, masterminds, fellowships, you know, different things like that. And I just, I just have to get out there and, and, and do these things because it's an investment in who I am and I'll grow from those opportunities. So uh, I, I will tell people not to, not to be afraid of spending that dollar um, because that dollar really pulls you into that what you're doing so yeah money and time are both disposable in the sense of the choices that we make mm -hmm. and you know you can think of it like okay well that's less than you know a week and a half worth of starbucks mm -hmm. lattes you know and what do i i'm gonna get like a lot in return like a life-changing yeah. type of experience right and because you know we have money for the things that we choose to spend money on you know, you know, you just bought something for your Apple TV, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with time. You know, we choose to spend that time, you know, binging on Netflix. But, but, you know, I want, you know, we have to compartment tight. Oh gosh, I can't even say that, but sort of break it down. Yeah. yeah. Break it down and really look at, yeah. you know, is that because sometimes when people think I don't have enough time to do these things. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give yourself enough, uh, the time um, for that me time and the growth, the personal development time or professional development time, what happens is you just, you're already burned out. Mm -hmm. And these things inspire you and they actually give mm -hmm. you so much more energy. And so like for your wife walking and the kids yeah. and that interaction with them all doing that, I yeah. started playing Pokemon Go um, after my husband passed, it would have been his birthday with my daughter. Cause she asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll do it. Cause at least I don't have to play video games. I mean, that was my thinking yeah. in a five days I was hooked. You know, she created a monster. I had, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, but we walked and talked yeah. every day while we played Pokemon go. And it was like, you know, it was this great way of sort of yeah. processing everything we'd gone through for three years. And, um, and it just became something that for me, it's like, I just really like the game. You know, it's just a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, and you meet people, you know, of course, you know, with COVID it's been different, but before that, you know, you became buddies with all kinds yeah. of people that you'd raid with and, you know, the community days. And I mean, there, it was, it was, there's a whole social friendship aspect to it. And um, so I want everybody to think, you know, just reframe what you're, how you're thinking mm -hmm. about it. You know, if you love to cook, you know, that the experience of cooking and, and that whole thing and how you're creating something wonderful, either for yourself or your family, you know, your loved ones, um, that's an expression, you know, and that is, can be very relaxing and it can also still be energizing and energetic learning a new, how to cook a new type of cuisine or new dish. So. I think, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things there, um, that I'd like to mention. Uh, one of them, you know, you talked about the, the time with your daughter-in-law and that reminded me of a, uh, I think it's really important in a contrast to what you said, um, was I was on a, uh, uh, a father's call in a Christian's, men, yeah. you know, fellowship thing. And one of the guys got on there and he was kind of the, the guest speaker. And he was talking, I asked him a question. I was like, what is the one thing that, you know, his kids were in college. And I was like, what is the one thing that you regretted you know, because I had young kids at the time. Yeah. And uh, what, what's one thing you regretted, you know, raising these children? And, uh, you know, because it was kind of a father's thing, you know, developing, mentoring your children. And he said, you know, I, I didn't play enough video games with my kids. And I was like, and it was kind of weird. I was like, okay, well, you know, um, you know, why was that? And he's like, well, he said, my wife did. She played video games and she was terrible at it. But she had a good time. And the conversations they had, he goes, I would be sitting in the living room reading a newspaper or a book or a magazine. And I didn't get to engage in those conversations that she had. So she built a different type of relationship and I missed out on that. And if yeah. I would have just put away my ego and a lot of the other things that I was going through, you know, and just said, you know what? I don't have to be great at this. I just have to <laughs> show up and participate. You know, he goes, I would have developed in a completely different relationship. So I, I think that's, you know, that's really viable that you mentioned that. Um, yeah. And then the yeah. other thing is, you know, 
um, investing in yourself. You know, the, I guess the, the thing that, you know, I, I think the thing that's resonated with me with the most, you know, especially when you invest, you know, you talked about, you know, your corpse is, you know, $60. Um, that compounds over time because once you learn that, right, that stays with you yeah. for the rest of your life. You yeah. know, that investment that you just made, nobody can take that away from you. You've invested yeah. that into yourself and you can consider that compound interest and it grows over time. Yeah, so it's just amazing. Yeah, like when they you work with a coach like yourself or you work with us on sales training, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, whether you work a day in sales or not, it's going to really jumpstart your career. Mm-hmm. But um, those things, you know, you look back and you go, I am so glad I did that. Yeah. I am so glad. I mean, I still remember seeing Tom Hopkins. Um, and, you know, this is so long ago. It, it places me with the Dinos when they roamed the earth. <laughs> but, um, and, and I was not in real estate sales or anything else, but I really connected with a lot of things. And I saw him in person and all that. And then I got the tapes. I still will listen to the, uh, you know, of course, then the CDs. And now it's, I'm sure that they're available and audible or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I haven't upgraded that, but I would re-listen to it every, you know, so many years, sometimes it would be a decade, but there were still so many just, you know, I'd forget like, oh yeah, Uh you know, and it's just some of the things I never cared for, but other things, they really had resonance, you know, just how you treat people, you know, and, Uh and how, you know, it's just this, there were a lot of really positives. And so I revisit things like that, that, you know, and they, they've paid and paid and paid and paid over and over again um, for me. And so sometimes it's like, well, I didn't get this out of it, but I got all of this. Yeah. And it, it really is. It's every time I've invested in myself in that way, every time um, you're right. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's sort of like uh, um, buying Microsoft in day one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't tell you, even my bad investments, I've looked back and I'm like, you know, that actually was a good investment. No, no, yeah. I learned something from that. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to invest in this, you know, this and again, or this type of person, or, you know, I need to ask these better questions next time, you know, just different things like that. It's, it's just, you know, I can't ever say that I've ever had a bad investment because I've, you know, kind of taken a position where, you know, you, you learn something from everything that you invest in. So, uh, you know, I mean, you have to try, you know, and you have to start somewhere. And so yeah. step out of that fear, step yeah. into your power, you know, step yeah. into the unknown and try things. And yeah. You'll begin to learn and you'll begin to figure out like, okay, here's where I need to go, you know, and you'll start to be able to navigate that and things will become clearer and that path will become a lot narrower eventually at some point, but you have to start somewhere. You yeah. know, yeah. You, one of the things I think that we all do face here, um, even in times like these, I was a little bit self-doubt. I mean, I, I know oh, yeah. that I have some self-doubt in days. <laughs> and so how do, how do we leverage our self-doubt to make the best decisions possible moving forward? Hey, everyone. Thank you for being a listener. I hope that you loved this episode. If you do, would you consider posting a review online? This helps continue providing great episodes and helps keep potential listeners to make confident decisions about listening to this podcast over other ones. And I want to thank you in advance for your review and for being a preferred listener. So check out this review by Jordan Gross, who recently said, This podcast is awesome because the host really cares about his guest. It is so evident that he takes great time and pride into getting ready for these interviews. Thank you, Jordan, for your wonderful review. Self-doubt, you know, actually can serve a really profound purpose. You know, it can help us see some of the risks, you know, identify the risks and really walk through those scenarios. How can I mitigate that? Um, uh, 
and really, you know, sort of do that reality check because, you know, things aren't always all sunny and roses. <laughs> and, you know, we do have things that we have to think through and, and challenge ourselves to shake up our paradigm, you know, like, because we've all got blinders on. Mm -hmm. uh, and so sometimes self-doubt can help us by, you know, asking that, why, why do I feel this way? What's really going on? Um, why do I think like this? And, and, you know, uh, you and I both have talked about asking that why over mm. and over again, yeah. because, you know, you it's like peeling an onion. You just keep getting little bits and you may cry while you're doing it, <laughs> but uh, it's really important that you sort of get down to what is that? Because all, a lot of times self-doubt, it comes down to some kind of fear or self-limiting belief or some kind of boundary, something that's telling you, no, I can't so mm. that you need to, to to recognize it so that you then you can say yes i can now i sort of get where this is coming from yeah. that it's you know and it could even go back to something that you could, were told over and over again as a child you know or that um that an experience that you had that really um that was just so awful that you it really you know sort of impacted your thought pattern on that and so uh and you can find that out if you keep asking yourself why and keep you know and it may be a lot once again a little uncomfortable digging down there but but it really is um vital uh to do that yeah i you know thanks for sharing that i think one of the two skills that i find are well i shouldn't say skills but strengths um i think two the corporate companies are looking for today especially in in the world that i deal with um, is empathy and emotional tone. Emotional intelligence has been out there for a while. Folks are looking for that. Uh, but empathy has, over the last year, really come to the forefront. And uh, I, I always tell folks it's like a muscle. You have to exercise it, right? And, you know, it comes, it comes with time. You know, and, and we tend to, you know, a lot of the leaders, managers, uh, management, HR folks that I've worked with, um, they have to deal with a lot of crucial conversations. And so how do you approach that and handle with empathy, but also come basically to, to a resolution? Well, I mean, when you lead with dignity and respect mm -hmm. for the other person, you know, really truly seeing them um, as a, another human being, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's the first step. Um, and it makes everything easier, you know, after that. And also, you know, leading with transparency um, so that, um, you know, and then you, you choose your words wisely uh, so that uh, people can, rather than, uh, you know, feel defensive or get um, combative, that they can instead sort of lean into a conversation that something is, is actually for their benefit. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's, uh, you know, it's that's a pretty tough nut to crack because once again that takes practice <laughs> um it does take that that empathy it, it really does take that generous compassionate heart mm -hmm. um that you see everyone as an equal and um as um you know just in step with you um you can be the ceo um but you don't see yourself as better than the janitor you know, you recognize the value that that janitor brings to the job because he makes everyone at the company feel better when they go into the restroom and it's clean, right? Mm -hmm. It makes a better experience for their customers. It's just it's something that, that you, don't, you take for granted and you don't think about it and how hard that person works uh, to create the value that the, the, mm -hmm. the rest of the, the team uh, can sort of experience without even being necessarily aware of it. And so when you bring that to the table, and you recognize that value that they bring, um, regardless of who they are in their position and um, you know what they do, right? Um, that that goes a long ways because people can pick up on that and they can sense it that you're really coming from a good place. I, and I, I, sometimes you can be in a situation where you're th that the person isn't really a, a nice person. So you know, I had a boss who I did not like. Um, he was just he was he was really sort of mean and nasty and he had some questionable business <laughs> things yeah. that I, but I still, I looked for, there's gotta be something good about this person. Yeah. 
And, and I did, I found the good in him is that he was incredible, an incredible son and father. He was so good to his dad and for his son, he would, he made, he, he put it in his schedule when his son had his softball games and he made sure he left and he was there and he was present cheering him on. And that was, and I could see that and I could say, okay, and then I could use that, I, it not, not in a bad way, but, you know, so when we had a sort of a situation, I would say, yeah, but I, I want to just, let's just take a step back. And we're thinking about how to handle this situation with the customer. If this was your dad and he was having this situation with a company he was working for, how would you want them to treat him? I, I mean, and now, and I'm not trying to say that I was manipulative, but when I, I could put him in a different space. And that helped him then see the customer's perspective because all of a sudden it had meaning to him. And I could help him get to a different place. <laughs> no, so, I think that's, that's you know, a, you, that's, you speak to their better angels, right? Yeah, I think that's incredibly powerful because what you know, what you're what you're really you know talking about there is building champions right through people's strengths and allowing those areas to kind of pour over into those other glasses that may be half full or you know not even maybe empty and so allowing (laughs) that to happen um you know and i i think that's important because i think a lot of us you know we we tend to we see a flaw and we just pretty much shut that person off but if we're able to kind of look at them and see okay what is the good inside of them and then how can we you know, use that to kind of, you know, help bring, you know, themselves out, you know, and, and yeah. allow them to, to take that strength and utilize that as a vehicle for change. Uh, yeah. Because you said he was a great dad. He's a great father. He's probably very empathetic, but may not have showed up in that in the workplace. And I told people that a lot when I was in the military. Um, you know, one of the things that I tend to do is I was very empathetic with my children. I was very kind and caring, but when I was in the military, I was very direct, driven, demanding, direct, you know, you got to get the job done. We got to execute. But when I went home, it was a different hat I had to wear, but I could actually wear both hats in both places, depending on the situation. And I had to pick and choose those scenarios, but I was choosing Mm -hmm. to show up as one person, one place and another, the other place. And when I could have shown up as my whole self in both places. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's great. You know, and the other yeah. thing I think it was really important there is the janitor uh, story you told. Uh, I think you know there's there's this idea there that uh, you know the, the the CEO is no more important than the janitor because the janitor adds value. But I would say you know as leaders, you know management and other folks, you know organizations that are in charge of other people, we have to remember that uh, we're not a, we're we're just as uh, susceptible to the same weaknesses, the same challenges, the mm-hmm. same obstacles, even as the people that are below us. And if we don't think that, you know, yeah, we're untouchable because, you know, we sit in a particular position, yeah. um, we're going to fall pretty fast. And so that, that cookie will crumble. Uh, yeah. quickly. And so we are just as acceptable to weaknesses. The, the, the person at the bottom of the totem pole, if you want to yeah. say yeah, and I think those are some of those are lived experiences. I actually was a housekeeper when I in college. You know, mm-hmm. I worked as a housekeeper at Holiday Inn, and um, and then I worked in the laundry department, things like that. But I still felt like I was really participating in the guest experience that they could come to a clean, well-appointed room. Or then when I was doing the laundry mm-hmm. stuff, worked out better later on because I could work swing yeah. shift, yada yada. But the point was, is that, you know, I carried that with me. And if you haven't had that experience, there's so many different ways that you can get that experience by volunteering and doing other things, you know, get your hands a little dirty so that you can recognize, um, you know, you're at an animal shelter and you've got to scoop the poop. I mean, you know, whatever it is so that you can sort of get some perspective uh, because that is also going to help you grow not only per, per personally, but professionally, because organizations that are run where they created the culture and environment for everyone to thrive, uh, they just outperform everyone by leaps and bounds. And you do still need that decision-making and that decisiveness. Um, I mean, the military has a structure for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you need still need some of those um, 
tactics <laughs> and some of those practices in the workplace yeah. because there's times where you got to put the fire out and it has to happen now. So, I mean, this we're on point. This is what we're going to do. Tom, Sally, Dick, you guys mm -hmm. do this, 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 you know, and yeah. there are times that you need, you always, whether you're a parent or a leader, have to wear different hats and you have to be able to um, be able to recognize when that right hat goes on. And then if you misstep, you can, you can take it back a bit and say, you know, I just sort of felt like this was, a, you know, like we were in a real crisis mode and I may have been a little bit, you know, brusque, but it was because I just, my perception was it was just such an emergency and, you know, it's, it's okay to apologize as the boss, you know, it can go a long ways. Wow. I mean, that's, that's really, you know, you, you kind of hit on something I actually recently wrote about, which was, it's okay to apologize. Um, it's okay <laughs> to write an apology letter. It's right. You know, you can't be right all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's really important is you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. You know, and uh, this is an extremely valuable point to end on. I know that, you know, your time is limited and uh, I just really want to thank you for being here with us the second time, sharing more value, more stories, and, you know, just being a part of us, you know, the second hour. And, yeah. uh, honestly, and we're going to do part three. We're going to do part three with you on claim your career. Crown, so <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. And I will be happy to link to that show after this episode. So at some point, you know, you'll, you'll begin to see that. Um, Lynn, it has been a great experience. Uh, you have been you know, a great participant. And again, from the, the depths of my heart, I, I can't thank you enough for just being a part of this show and adding value and, and, and potentially impacting people's lives. So, yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. If somebody can take something and just take that first step right after this, you know, then we've done our job and we've made the world a better place. And I thank you, Kirby. I mean, I sort of feel like we're just the kindred spirits here. And I'm really excited to uh, um, have part three. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now it's up to you to put all this information into action. Please check out the links in the show notes, download a copy of the transcript, and support us by smashing that like button. Leave a comment or review on whichever platform you are listening to the show on. Now go out and carry this story forward. My name is Kirby Ingalls. I appreciate you listening to this episode. Honor your service to others and love the impact that you are creating. You've been listening to the True Success Podcast. I'll see you next time.